and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Dawn. We'll pray in a moment. I'm going to pray for you. Would you pray for me? Uh, over Christmas, we had the joy of lots of relatives, which is one of the great blessings of Christmas. We averaged nine relatives and two dogs for eight days in the house. Uh, and, uh, and when they disappeared, there was a great calm. They also, three of them, left behind their colds. And so we've been snuffling and my throat is croaky. Uh, so will you pray that my voice lasts out as long as the Lord wants it to? Maybe a short sermon? May not. Who knows? And I'll pray that he speaks. And the second thing we're going to pray, some sermons are meant to be like laser beams. You know exactly where they're going and aiming at. That's the intention. They don't always feel like that. This is more like scattering grape shots tonight. Uh, the reason being that all of us are in different places with the Lord. God is asking each of us to do different things uh, for the next step in our walk with him. And my prayer this evening is that wherever you are in your relationship with God, there'll be something he highlights for you to take action on that will make a big difference down the months and years in your walk with him. We're thinking about sowing and reaping uh, and the things we do sow into our lives that we would be able to reap in years to come. So let's pray. We thank you, dear Lord, for the Christmas holidays, uh, for the joy of spending time with some of our relatives, maybe for the joy that that's over. <laughs> we thank you for your goodness in all our days as we sang. And we pray now that you would send your spirit on us and speak to each one as I speak, as we look at various uh, bits of the scripture, that you will speak to each one of us. Would you point out perhaps the next thing that you would have us give time to, what we need to cut out, what we need to do, in order to grow in our walk with you and become more the people you've made us to be. So speak, we pray, and give us grace to follow where you lead. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know if you are the sort of person who makes New Year's resolutions. Uh, obviously, we have some in the church you did. Uh, there were 
someone who ran to church from Salvum this morning. I was quite impressed by that. Uh, they got a lift back. But uh, there are various people biking and there are, there are all sorts of health regimes going on, no doubt, that are uh, different people. Obviously, you can see it around the streets. There's a few more people uh, out and about running than there were a couple of weeks ago. Or whether you've, you've started a gym membership. Gyms have loads of people who start and then don't go much after January. The point is that we all know you have to, if you want to get fitter physically, you have to put the effort in. And it takes time. That is true in every area of life. If you want to get good at playing a musical instrument, you've got to put in the hours. If you want to get good at a sport, you need to practice. If we want to grow in relationship, you need to spend time with people. If we want to go closer to the Lord, we need to give him time. Uh, all these things we know are true, but we're often a bit sinful and selfish and lazy and it feels hard work and we don't put the time in. Uh, I'm preaching about sowing and reaping. Throughout the scriptures, we find various principles about what we sow into our lives or we sow into the lives of others, what we reap later or when we don't sow, what we don't reap. So here's the first principle uh, from Galatians 6, 7. We'll come back to 2 Corinthians 9 uh, in a bit. Galatians 6, 7. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. What you sow, you will reap. If you sow into other people's lives grace and generosity and forgiveness, that's probably what you will reap in your relationships. People will be gracious to you. If you sow criticism and judgment into others, that's probably what you reap in relationships. Uh, if you sow running and bicycling and going to the gym and lifting weights, you will reap good muscles and a healthy body. If you just lie on the couch all day watching Netflix, you will not reap uh, a healthy body at all. Uh, it's right that we look after our bodies. Our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. We need to honour them, uh, honour the Lord who lives in them and look after ourselves physically. Physical training is well worth it. Uh, Spiritual training is even more important because our spirits last for all eternity. If you sow time into relationships, they grow healthy. On the other hand, if you sow time into looking at pornography or things like that that are all around us, that sows seeds that are destructive of relationships later on and you reap what you sow. Uh, there will be various people who are struggling with addictions uh, you may have sown time into gambling or alcohol and you start reaping problems from that. Uh, when you sow well, you reap well. When you sow badly, you reap badly. And when it comes to your time with God, if you want to reap a closer walk with God, you need to sow that time in. So perhaps the first main application I want to give at the start of the new year is are you sowing? day by day, time with God. Being still, switching off the phone, or at least putting it on airplane mode if you use it to read the Bible on it. That's, uh, every day, reading from the scriptures, being still, committing things to prayer, being still, giving God time. If you do that, as the months and years go by, you will reap what the Bible calls a harvest of righteousness. If you don't do that, then the pressures of the world around slowly crush and the, the spiritual vacuum inside can't sustain the pressure on. 
Uh, so a couple of practical ideas. Last year, this time last year, Juliet and I wrote to the church and said, we've decided this year we're going to read the Bible in one year with Nicky Gumbel's commentary. It has been absolutely brilliant. Um, did it every day. There are some days when you're in the middle of Leviticus or Job that you skip the chapters pretty quickly, but I've, I've, I've read them all. I was staggered by how good Nicky Gumbel's comments were the whole way through. You can download the app. Uh, you, it has a, it's a day-to-day, but you can just take one day at a time and go, I commend it to you as a great discipleship thing. Uh, we found reading through the whole Bible in a year, sometimes you get a bit of indigestion. There's a lot there. So this year, we're going much simpler, and we've downloaded an app called Lectio 365. That's L-E-C-T-I-O, Lectio, as in Lectio Divina 365. Pete Gregg's done this. It's a, an app that would take you 10 minutes in the morning, or would take you 10 minutes any time of day you choose to do it. Uh, there's a slowing down, there's a reading of a couple of verses, there's a thought on it. Um, I recommend you do more prayer than 10 minutes a day, but I've found it's been really good for just slowing me down at the start of my prayer time. You can push play on it so you can hear the scriptures read to you, and if he moves on too quickly, you just push pause and you take longer time. Uh, there are hundreds of other ways to read the scriptures, but I commend those two to you if you would like some help. I commend that John Mark Comer book that I gave out to one of us here earlier about slowing down. He commends digital Sabbaths. If we don't, the world has got so fast. If we need to give time to our souls, we need to slow down and shut out the pressure of the world. And if we sow Sabbath rest week by week, we will reap rest inwardly. If we don't, if we go at the pressure of everyone around us, then we reap the opposite of that. So we reap what we sow. That's the first principle. I'll move on because I've got six points and you don't want six long sermons. Second principle, you reap sometime after you sow. A couple of the next verses, Galatians 6, 8 and 9. Uh, this picks up, whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. I really went with the last point. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. You do not reap the harvest the day you sow. Farmers sow, and months later the crop comes. Uh, Sowing is hard work. It's costly. But without sowing, the harvest won't come. The harvest comes later. If you go to the gym for one day, or go on a bike ride one day, or go on a walk, you're not going to feel massively fitter the next day. But if you do it bit by bit by bit, day by day by day, over a period of time, you will reap the harvest from that. This is true of honouring God with our money. If you honour God with the first 10% of your money. I believe in the principle of first. The first day of the week we come and worship. The first hour of the day we give to prayer. The first 10% of our money we give to the Lord. Steadily, we honour the Lord with our time, with our finances. The Lord honours us. Uh, I could give testimony over many, many years of trying to trust the Lord with my finances and being generous to the point where uh, it quite often is costly and hurt. You think, gosh, how is this going to work out? and the Lord's faithfulness to us. You tend not to reap at the same time, although occasionally you do. Uh, My son Timmy, uh, 10 years ago, we had a gift day here. He was at the time 14 as a budding worship leader. He was saving up for a good guitar. If you know Timmy, you know he wanted a quality guitar. 
I thought he might need to spend 100 pounds, 150, no, no, 450 pounds was what he needed for his guitar. And he'd got to about 150, and on the gift day, something moved him to give a large chunk of that, which set back his buying guitar. Uh, rather wonderfully, uh, someone unbeknown to him, unbeknown, they didn't know what he had done, he didn't know what they were doing, they were praying for him and were thrilled with how he was growing as a worship leader. And within a day, he had an email from them saying, Dear Timmy, we've been praying for you and we felt the Lord asking us to buy you a guitar. And they took him off to his guitar shop and bought his quality guitar. Now, the reaping doesn't always happen within 24 hours, though in that case it did. Sometimes it does as the Lord is trying to teach us that we can trust him. It's a bit like this if you teach children about how things grow. Uh, you don't, if you're a primary school teacher, send them home with apple seeds, apple pips, to plant in the garden. And when you're middle-aged, you will have a tree with apples. You send them home with mustard and cress. And even then, it still takes a week to grow. But they can see it. They can see the principle of you sow, and sometime later, there's a crop. So at the start of a new year, what is God calling you to sow in? To your life. If you want to grow in your relationship with him, you need to sow that time in and the relationship will come. If you want uh, God to look after you with your finances, trust him with your finances. If you want to grow in friendships, give those friendships time. If you want to grow healthier physically, give time to exercise. It's, uh, and it takes time. And in ministry terms, things take time. Uh, the last church I was vicar of in Hinkley, uh, it's one of the great joys in life, seeing how uh, many years on, 20 years on from when we left, there's a thriving church there. Our first four years there, we have to say, were really rather hard. We sowed in scripture and prayer and love and time and moving endless chairs and tables and alpha meals. And, all. and after four years, it looked like nothing was happening. And I remember saying, sure, if something doesn't shift, I'm not sure we've got much more to give here. And that year, the fruit started coming slowly and it, it just takes time uh, don't become weary in doing good at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we don't give up a uh, lovely story I read uh, that I'd forgotten all about uh, of uh, this is from the 1890s this is a cracking story and I haven't used this in a sermon for over 10 years so it's probably if you heard me say it then you've probably forgotten two students were working their way through university this is in America at Stanford University in the 1890s true story their funds got very low, and the idea came they should get the world-famous concert pianist Paderewski, who was doing a tour of America at the time, Polish pianist, uh, top pianist, concert pianist in the world at the time, get him to come and do a concert. They would hire a hall, they would charge tickets, uh, they would pay him his fee, they'd have some money over to pay their bills for being students. Uh, Paderewski's manager said that he wanted $2,000 for a fee. This was 1890s, that's a lot of money. But they went for it, they hired the hall, they sold tickets. Sadly, events transpired against them. They didn't sell enough tickets and they only had $1,600 left over to pay Paderewski. So they gave him the $1,600 and an IOU for 400 and they thought, oh help, we won't be able to pay our student bills, we're stuffed. Paderewski, uh, when he found out what had happened, ripped up the IOU, told them, gave them back the 1600 and said, you take what you need and just give me what's left over. Uh, fast forward some years. That was the 1890s. Paderewski went back to Poland 
At the end of the First World War, he had become Prime Minister of Poland. Poland was devastated after the war. And he needed to contact the Americans who were in uh, Paris at the time, looking after food distribution across Europe. Uh, let me just write, the only person in the world who could help him was Herbert Hoover, who was in charge of the US Food and Relief Bureau. Hoover responded to Paderewski's plea, and thousands of tons of food were sent to Poland. And after all the food had got through and the need was met, Paderewski travelled to Paris to thank Herbert Hoover for what he'd done. Herbert Hoover said, that's all right, Mr. Paderewski. Besides, you don't remember it. But some years ago, when I was a student, you helped my friend and I when we were in trouble. Isn't that brilliant? Sewing in 20 years later. A wonderful story. I looked it up. You can find that on Google if you want to see whether that's true or not. But it, uh, lovely example. We sew in. Sometimes it's years later that we will reap, but it comes later. Third principle. You will always reap more than you sow. Let's go to our reading we had tonight, 2 Corinthians 9 from verse 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. If a, only, if a farmer only sows a little bit of corn, he'll only reap a little bit. If he sows a lot, he'll reap a lot. But it's always more than you sow. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. Now, this is in the context of financial giving, but applies to any form of sowing and reaping. So in money terms, and it may be that for some of you, this is what the Lord's talking to you about, about trusting him with your money, and getting round to starting giving uh, a tithe or whatever percentage you decide to give sacrificially and generously to the Lord's work. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. God loves a cheerful giver. And I love this next verse. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. And the passage goes on. The idea is, God gives to us, we give back, and he gives more to us. We can then give more away, our time, our energies, our money, whatever it is. And it sets up this virtuous cycle. But God will do more with what we give than we could ever do ourselves. Think of a little boy with his lunch and the five loaves and two fish. Uh, it's a farming principle. You sow a bit of corn, you get a lot back. And that is the principle of how God's wired this world. You give some time to him. God can use that abundantly more than you can expect uh, he would do with it. I love the verse in Ephesians which says God is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or even think of asking. So you reap what you sow, you reap sometime after you sow, you reap more than you sow. Now the fourth thing, what you reap is dependent on the soil. This is the parable of the sower and we haven't had that read tonight but Jesus told a parable of the sower sowed into four sorts of there's the pathway, there's the rocky soil, there's the, the soil with the weeds and thistles, and there's the good soil. And you get a different crop from the different soils. Now, this is really important. We need to be looking for good soil to sow into. So we want to share our faith with others. Let's look for people God is preparing. Uh, we might say something very small about our faith. Uh, what did you do at the weekend? They tell us, what did you do? Oh, I was at church last night. They might show an interest and you can share more. They might remotely not show an interest, in which case, move on. Uh, but let's just see. There will be people who are ready. God's been preparing and working in. And we look for where there's good soil. And where we find someone who's interested, then say, well, would you like to meet up a bit more? And let's talk about this more. Uh, 
Another point about the different soils is we mustn't get any sense of our own value from the fruit that comes because God might call one person to work with students uh, in England where it's relatively easy. He might call another one to work with Muslims in Iraq where it's really tough. The same gospel, the same. you get different fruit in different places, in different soils. So we don't get our own value from how much fruit we get. We don't compare ourselves with others. Uh, it's very easy to look at someone else and how much fruit they're getting in their ministry. It's a different soil set up. We need to be faithful with what God's called us to do and to sow where he's called us to do and look for good soil. There's a whole other sermon in that, but I'll move on. Fifth one, the Bible talks about we sow in pain and tears. There's cost, but we'll reap with joy. So Psalm 126, verses 5 and 6 those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. So it is costly sowing. Uh, many of you have sowed with pain into children and teenagers, relationships, and not seen any fruit yet. Uh, the Bible talks as you're older about training up a child in the way they should go and when they're old they will not depart from it there's no guarantee in the teenage years or the 20s or 30s parenting is tough uh, loving people who are difficult it may be that in your family or close friend there's people who are really difficult and loving them is costly and there are tears it may be there's been illness and bereavement and there's tears but God is faithful and when we sow with tears, you will reap with songs of joy. Not for some time, but that day will come. Just if I can give testimony to that, we've had five children. Uh, there were an awful lot of tears most days and nights. I don't think we slept for about 15 years, probably, properly. And there were always bickerings and arguments. One of our five spent 10 years uh, with drugs and debt and police cautions. That was hell, really. We prayed, we tried to love. It's been one of the most enormous joys having the family gather and all of them now seeking to follow the Lord. There's been great joy. But there was sowing with tears. And some of you are still in the tears. Now hang in there because you will reap. You will reap with joy in time to come. Uh, share it with those close to you. When folks pray with you into these difficult times, then they can rejoice with you when the answers to prayer come as well. Uh, another illustration I found in my old notes from years ago uh, was the Chinese bamboo. I used to talk about this a lot. The Chinese bamboo, apparently, you sow it. For five years, you don't see anything above the surface. Looks like nothing is happening. And then it shoots up 80 feet in one year. Uh, you sow, sow, be faithful, pray. And that might apply to people you're praying for in your family or friends. Looks like nothing's going on. And then suddenly there's fruit, there's harvest, there's joy. Uh, we don't know when that time will come. But if you sow and you're faithful, there will come a day. If you're sowing with tears, you will reap in joy. Last point. Uh, if you stop sowing, you will stop reaping. If the farmer decides he's got enough food and doesn't sow a crop, he's not going to get a crop the next year and you'll stop reaping. Uh, so a couple of illustrations for that. We got here uh, 20 years ago. 
There hadn't been many new Christians in the church for a while, but the church wasn't doing anything like Alpha at a time. I always reckon if we want to see folks coming to faith, we need to put in a maternity unit where people can come to new birth like Alpha. Now, there are seasons where we've done one Alpha year, two, three. Uh, we felt this season, we're not doing Alpha this term, God's calling us to give a season of prayer. Uh, and really, we need to pray into, Lord, how should we do sharing our faith more effectively in this next generation? Still praying God will bring people to faith in himself. Alpha's not the only way that that happens. But if a church stops doing anything to help people to new faith, they'll stop seeing people come to faith. Let's think about our youth and children's ministry. If we sow into our youth and children's ministry, we will in due course reap a harvest of uh, children, youth, but then young adults and old adults who've come to living faith. Where churches stop doing this, and tragically, I shared the statistics back in November, 30% of Anglican churches have no under 16s, another 30% have only a few of them five, very little going on. The tragedy with that is if not only if you don't sow into children and young people, you don't reap young leaders. If you don't reap young leaders, you don't reap many. You don't get so many mature older leaders. And the church struggles and the nation struggles. So important, both for our children and young people's sake now, but also for the future health of the church and, frankly, the nation. We need Christian leaders in politics and education and health and business and commerce and the media everywhere. We need to be raising up people who will trust the Lord. Uh, I'm sure God is calling some of you with a new year to sow into our children and young people's ministry. We have the most wonderful group, over 200 children and young people in this church. Uh, that is an amazing privilege God's trusted us with and we need to sow in and there will be reaping to come. There is such joy when you've invested in someone and years later you find out what they're doing. Tremendous joy. Uh, I think I'll stop going on. There was a danger of six sermons. I think we've managed to restrict it to one sermon's length and your prayer for my voice has worked well. Thank you. We're still going strong. Uh, what I'm going to do now is just uh, in a moment, I'll invite you to stand and we'll be still. I've scattered this grape shot. Are we talking about your prayer times, your scripture, your finances, what you do with serving children and youth, your physical health, other addictions you need God to break that you can sow in positively as well as working against the negative, whole host of things. Uh, I'll get you to stand and we'll pray that God would come in increasing measure by his spirit and really highlight one of those things to us, what he wants to do, or maybe something else entirely. And then we want to give people a chance to receive prayer at the start of a new year. So I'll invite you, if there's something particular at the start of this new year that you know you need to take a step into, to sowing, you need to get physically fit, you need to start prayer time each day to meditate on the scriptures, you need to start your giving, you need to offer to serve, whatever it is. Maybe something in the workplace, it may be something to do with uh, an addiction or whatever, who knows? If you know there's something that God's calling you to work on, love you to come to the front and we will pray for everybody that God gives you the grace to do this that it's not just a sort of new year fitness thing that's gone by February but you will be given the grace to sow into this area of life that there will be reaping and joy in months and years to come so if the band would come back please would you stand and let's pray